Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. My name is Dan Avner. Super excited to have you guys back for another episode. We've got another great guest for you by the name of Michael Hudlow. I'm going to introduce here in a second. Uh, but before you, before I do that, um, wherever you're listening to the show or if you're watching this on YouTube, please like, subscribe, share, rate, review, anything that you could possibly do for the show. That really, really helps um, with anyone who's possibly interested, helps grow the, the reach of the show. And it is always very, very much appreciated. So that being out of the way, um, I am joined by a man by the name of Michael Hudlow. He's going to talk to us a little bit about a very interesting topic I'm excited to learn more about um, because I've had I've had some experience in this, but never really deep deep dived, deep dove, is that the proper way to use this, um, into it. But it's the topic of CRMs, um, customer relationship management systems. So, uh, Michael, welcome to the show, man. Tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, pleasure to be here. Tell me about me. Okay, so tell you about me. Um, I'm a longtime uh, technology leader, uh, a lot of experience with all the big four consulting firms, and then both internally and externally fake it focused uh, consulting and operational work. Um, my background with CRMs in particular goes back uh, about 16 years, um, uh, being a very, I guess you'd say, pretty early on adopter of uh, the, the Salesforce ecosystem, which is one of the big uh, the big boys on the block with regards to CRMs, but then also have my fair share of experience with SAP and Oracle and and Microsoft as well, but there are there are countless more. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and and I think I think to your point or to your uh, one thing that you already said is that you know getting introduced to the CRM world. What I think is interesting there is. You know, right now it's become very common for someone just to say a CRM system and and people immediately uh, gravitate uh, to those big systems like I just mentioned. And quite frankly, there's many more uh, systems out there that are all excellent tools. But the reality is, is that everyone is already using a CRM system. It's probably just not an organized system it's it's you know it's pen and paper it's uh you know excel spreadsheet it's your your exchange uh, address book and calendar um it just it really um so the the concepts of a crm system are actually pretty easy to grasp by quite frankly anyone it's where it gets interesting is if you're going to make the next step to to refine that in your own situation, whether it's for yourself personally or for small, medium, or large company, um, it gets interesting. Is is how far do you want to take it? You know, and and yeah. how much time and money do you want to invest? And and you know, and quite frankly, is it worth the is it worth is it worth the effort? And sometimes the answer is no. Um, and uh, so anyway, that's that's kind of my world right now. And that's where I've been doing my own uh, consulting work for about two years outside of the you know big four kind of world. Um, I have been doing my own work, which is specifically, and I'm not sure if I invented this this title or not. Um, I will gladly take ownership of it, but I'm not so sure. But I you know I started call, calling myself a CRM recovery specialist. Uh, because what there's this side industry that myself and some others have discovered that there are a lot of people, a lot of companies that have CRM systems, you know, two, three years into having a formal CRM system that quite frankly, aren't so happy. Um, 
whether it's they've invested a lot of time or money or both, and they just aren't seeing the financial pickup as a result of that. Yeah, very interesting. Well, a couple a couple points to pick up on you there. I think I think you're right. I think CRM can be like a little bit of a buzzword these days, at least from from the circles that I've you know run in and seen, and seen things like that. So I get that, but. Um, but you brought up something that's very interesting too, because I think this ties back into the world of like software development. There's, there's, there's always the the crux of documentation, right? As someone who just builds things and does things, it's a lot easier to just go and build things and there's do, right? Like I just do things. Um, but then there's a lack of documentation as to, well, when you get things done and you get things ready and set up and it's like, well, how does this actually work? How do I train someone on this? How do I actually... Um, document and prove that this does what I say it does, right? And I think you you mentioned this with CRMs too. Is it you know because I you know like my question to you, I'm kind of leading to is, you know, is it can can these be too cumbersome for you know small businesses, one person businesses who are like because I find I find myself doing that sometimes too. Of well, am I going to really track all my notes and do all this stuff in a pipeline and do all these different things um, if I can just kind of keep it all up here? Or if it's not, there's not a like a whole big endless list of opportunities that I have, um, you know, is it, is, is the, do you find that people struggle with the documentation piece of that? Um, and it becomes too cumbersome. Is there like a, a point where it becomes like a, a trade-off of like, Hey, this is actually worth doing instead of not being worth doing. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Um, it, it's, I wish it was even as easy as that, but your example, uh, is a good one. Um, you know, I I make I make the analogy um, in my book, and for those listening, it's how not to f up a CRM system. And 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 the the premise of the book was learning from others' mistakes. It's it's all about it's case, it's a case study driven book that uh, just goes through hundreds of experiences that I've had or I've had interviewing others that have. And, you know, arriving at a place and saying, wow, I'm not happy and how did I get here? And then kind of reversing that process and to figure out what went wrong and where. So so to your, to your specific question, you know, it's not so different with regards to documentations from a, a development standpoint. Um, you know, obviously developers have this notorious I don't want to document kind of <laughs> mentality out there. And I'm I'm not I'm not picking on that one. I'm not picking on that at all. Um but what what is missed um uh, from from that perspective is that if you if you take a system like CRMs and expect it to make change in your world. Um, and I'm just going to throw some easy numbers out there just to, just to make it relatable. Let's just say a company spends a million dollars on a CRM system putting it in place, for example, whatever size company, whatever. Um, you know, who who is it intended to help? And how have those people that it's intended to help been participatory in the development of it? My My point being is, is if you think about it from a little bit of an abstract level, the leaders that most likely approved the purchase of the system and the leaders that have probably said, hey, let's put it into you know, my division or you know, my geography. 
Those people didn't use one of these systems that we're talking about. They used their own, you know, secret black book or, you know, whatever, you know, the, the, you know, the golf course meeting greets and all that kind of stuff, um, which is all fine. But they didn't use this kind of stuff. And as a result, what I have found is that they want a tool to help them better the world that they already have instead of in putting a tool in place at the same time, improving the processes that they've had because the world is changing quickly, especially with the advent of AI and all the, all the things it can do. So, so the long way around to answering your question is if you go to a, a person that's going to use a CRM and the most traditional, easiest, you know, understand person that, you know, is your off the shelf salesperson, excuse me, um, they already have a process that they probably feel works pretty well for themselves. Right. Um, and then going into a room with 30 other people and showing up on a big screen, hey, here's the new process. You can't do that. It doesn't work. It, it just, unfortunately, it does not work unless that person was involved in making the process better because you have two up you have an, you know a, a, at least a two-pronged uphill battle one you've got to convince the person that's involved in oh look at that i had balloons. <laughs> that was cool <laughs> wait okay i don't know what i did um anyway that's part of my trick i hope you're here for the next show no um anyway uh so so you have to you have to one uh make sure that the people are part of making that process and because if you don't, there's, they may say they're going to do it. They may say, uh, you know, they're going to comply, but they won't. Um, you know, uh, penultimately, a CRM system is a sharing tool. It is a very advanced sharing tool. If the information going in does not improve the information going out in both speed and accuracy, then it will not work. And, 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 and even worse than not working, people could not rely on it so much that you think you have something good. And that's where one of these problems comes up. You may say, wow, I have this million dollar system and, and it's, it's going to solve all my problems. Well, the problems might get worse because now you're relying on it. You're relying on it to do your reports and that information's flawed. So there is, there is a big problem with the question you just asked. Um, and there are many different ways to solve it, uh, but most of them are not technical. They're what I, I call human problems, you know, human process problems. Yeah, no, that's that's very interesting. And I think you bring up a good, a good point. Like I remember in a, a previous sales job that I had, there was there was like a very outdated old school CRM system that was kind of built into the thing. But the system wasn't like there was it was almost like there was a system that was built and you could kind of make like a pipeline out of it like a crm type of thing but it wasn't a crm itself right um so we used a lot of spreadsheets a lot of kind of like those types of things but it's interesting like you say that because i see that exact i've, I've been there in that situation i've seen this happen where you get have people that are very stuck in their ways of like okay i get this and i i put it into something like a like a Trello board or like something like that. And I, or I put it in, in my mm -hmm. notes in my little black book or whatever. And then now all of a sudden there's this like, Hey, we got this brand new tool. We just spent all this stuff on it and it's going to be great. And it's going to be awesome. 
Um, do you see like a lot of, you know, resistance, like you said, like it, it's like kind of trying to fit a, a round peg into a square hole kind of thing. Um, but like, what are some things that you can do, whether, you know, whether you're a very small business, one person business, or you're a bigger business, what are some things that you can do um, to kind of like overcome those humps, that, that adoption, that ramp up right. process? Yeah, so I actually have, and once again, I apologize if I have a little bit of off-color language here, but so I have, but I, it's it's meant to be. I, I say that I'm I'm a a humorous, but I'm have a serious message. I am, um, you know, I I have a chapter called uh, saboteurs and assholes. Okay, and 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 I love it, <laughs> and and it is not meant to be. It's actually meant to be somewhat of a term of endearment. Uh, it's not meant to be like you are, uh, you know, it's meant to be this way. There, there are people that are set in their ways and we all have them at companies and usually, you know, very frequently they're successful people and they should be listened to. And they do have, you know, unique ways of doing things. Um, my point being is, is that if a project manager or a product manager or the person involved in putting CRM systems into your company um, have not found those individuals. If they don't target those people and include them in the project from day one, well, they are going to be your biggest problem. And and those people, um, so, so the only way to combat those people are to basically win them over and include them as part of your you know, steering committee or whatever um, for, for, for two reasons. One, to get the knowledge out of them, or maybe for three reasons, get the knowledge out of them. Uh, two, uh, to ensure they like the system and then become a an advocate or a champion themselves. And, and lastly, they, their inclusion, and especially if they're known to be, you know, the more difficult person uh, on the floor or whatever, their inclusion and their support of it to others, just by hearing that that person's involved or or supportive of it, will go a huge distance. Um, and you know, the one other tidbit I'll throw out there is, um, this is a this is a sure uh, fire way to have a failing system. Is that if you can imagine like a pie chart, and let's just say to keep once again to keep the math simple, let's just say there's two slices on the pie one is 90 i'm sorry i have a little bug here uh one is 90 percent of just saying sales you know that i do sales and 90 percent of my work is sales and and then there's a little 10 percent slice that says administrative work you know filling out forms doing time reports what whatever it is well your your advanced crm system falls into that 10%. Okay. So if you in in the minds of the, the the salesperson that we're talking about. So if that person perceives their 10% slice of administrative tasks to now being 11% or 12% or any number more than 10, your system will fail. Okay. Hand down, there's nothing you can do about it. It will fail. I'm sorry. Just you're all gonna have to trust me on this. The worst case scenario, it could be hold fast at 10% in their mind. 
Um, and the only way that works is if the improvement of the quality of the reports coming out, the information coming out, is so unanimous, so well received that there is no other option. So they're saying, you know what, it's still the same amount of time, but oh my God, I'm getting this fantastic whiz bang report, you know, every morning and this thing is incredible. Then you can get away with 10%. But the reality is, is you've got to make it less than 10% and come up with those reports to, to have a shot at ensuring success. It just happens. And, and the way you can do it is what I always you know say to executives is that they have to commit to sunsetting whatever reports or mechanisms that were in play before the new CRM system. They have to agree to that. And, and they have to, you know, basically say, you know, come June the first, the XYZ report from some previous system will no longer be received. If you give it to me, I'm not reading it. That's that has to happen, you know. So, uh, I went a little long there on that, but it's all the same topic. Is that there is a huge value that has to be looked at from a pers the perspective of the consumer, whether it's an external client, internal client, customer, or or user or operator. You know, all, all of the above. The, the argument still holds holds water. Very interesting. Well, and and don't feel bad about giving long-winded answers. I mean, we're here to listen to you, not, not to me. So <laughs> it's okay. Um, so I just guess, I guess to shift gears a little bit, uh, one thing I wanted to make sure I had time to ask you about was, um, was the topic of AI and how all this plays into it. And I, I, my angle for it is, you know, I think, I think a lot of, well, at least a lot in my experience a lot. And again, I'm coming from this, from not having a, a deep knowledge or experience with CRMs and stuff. Um, you know, I think at least for me, I kind of wish it, it did a lot of things for me, right? Like I, I kind of, I guess I'm the lazy man when it comes to this. I just kind of wish that there were things that were there that were just, I didn't have to worry about because I know I'm very forgetful and that's why I, I need a system like that. But I also know I'm very bad about going back in and updating those things for myself or for whatever, you know, team I, I need to work on or whatever like that. So, um, what have you seen with the the advent um, or the incorporation of AI inside of these tools inside of this space? Um, does it is it is it helping do things more automatically? Is it more predictive? Is it all of the above? Is it things that I'm missing? Like what what kind of impact has it had on this space? Yeah, so uh, great segue. Thank you. Because uh, it's actually the my second book coming out. Hopefully in the next forty five days is all about the same title, except now it's how not to F up AI with CRM. Ah. Um, and and once again, and it just as my first book, it's not a it's not a technical book. It's not a, you know, throw these switches and set that permission set, none of that stuff. This is much my mucks, my my mucks, my books are much more focused towards um, technical people are fine, but it, but it's more broad based to be. It could be from developers to operators to users to technical leaders to CEOs, CIOs. Um, it, it's none of none of these systems fail. None is maybe let's just say ninety nine percent of these systems don't fail because they're not technically capable, right? All of them. The smallest CRM out there is still super advanced. Um, 
they usually fail for all the reasons I'd mentioned before. It's perception, it's lack of aligning uh, them to previous working processes or you know, jamming an old process into a new system and expecting miracles. Um, you know, and then people just getting frustrated that they're spending so much money. So um, that's true with AI as well. Okay. So what what the AI tools, and there's just there's so many, you know, I would never write a technical book, I think, on the AI into CRM right now because it seems like every day you wake up and there's another, you know, AI widget out there. Yeah. So here's here's the best places for pickup, general stroke for, for CRM and AI. Um, one, uh, the helping of cleaning data that is consumed uh, by your CRM system coming in from external sources or legacy systems, you know, uh, taxonomy help, um, data cleanup help, removing of redundant record help. That that's a big pickup. That's not so specific just to CRM, um, but it's it it is a very big help with CRMs, especially if it's a larger company tying into multiple systems and you know multiple divisions and time zones and geographies and whatnot. Um, so the other big pickup is uh, for you know if you think about CRMs being used by salespeople and if and once again, really general thing to say by salespeople. It, it, it's used by many people at companies, you know, consultants, professional services, manufacturing, it's used all over the place now. But from a specific to AI standpoint, if you think of business development activity, and then you break that up into marketing efforts, um, who should we be marketing? you know, response rates of one group of people versus another group of people, um, even content creation for those things, you know, marrying what we're doing internally to what's what AI tools say is happening in the external and then a lot, you know, kind of blending in who our audience is that we can reach out to and then jamming that all together and getting communications out there. AI is very helpful in that regard. Um, for your own issues that you were saying, like, you know, it, you're not alone. I mean, it's one of the big problems is that, you know, the if you remember that 10% slice pie chart I was speaking about, well, if you're requiring any one of your staff in any capacity to put in what they're doing in one system and then going into CRM to put it into another system, well, that's a failure point. Okay. So, so AI can help share that data or glean the information from one and put it into another. Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, uh, it, obviously when you have those automations happening, you also reduce manual, manual mistakes, manual effort and things like that. Um, and then the other big pickup is, you know, I mentioned earlier that you can have people that are difficult people that want things a certain way. Well, there is, you know, you still have to have a workflow that is, let's just say 80% the same for everybody in an organization, you know, like the core stuff in a workflow has to be the same for everybody. Right. Well, that 80% to the hundred percent, you may be able to throw AI in that model and that in that space to help with, 
you know, unique reporting requirements of a, of a certain group um, so that a, a difficult person, as we were talking about before, can live with a more rigid workflow process because they are able to have an AI tool that supplementally makes that workflow still look like whether the inbound or the outbound look like what they want. Um, so it, it, it can kind of be this nice like icing on the cake that still keeps everybody content and complacent and also keeps your data sane behind the scenes and the workflows working the way they're supposed to be working. Yeah, really cool. I mean, it seems, <laughs> I think the biggest takeaway I've had so far, I don't know about you guys listening, but uh, it seems like the biggest problem is just people problems. It seems like that's usually what it comes down to. Um, yeah, it, it is. And it, it is. And, and you know, people, you know, I get asked the question a lot. It's like, well, how's that any different than putting in a new AP system in or a new email system or whatever? Well, the difference is, is that, you know, CRM, and then when you add the AI component, it just makes it even harder. But CRM is not customer only tool, you know? And, you know, I once, I once in true story, I once had, uh, dinner um oh god four years ago three years ago with with mark benioff who's the ceo of, of salesforce and and we were having you know just conversation about lots of things and i told him like one of the biggest things i had problems with with executives or in, in coaching them or teaching them is the word salesforce because it's not a sales platform i mean it, yes it does sales but it's not for salespeople. Like most companies, not most, many companies I dealt with are professional services firm. And if you go up to a consultant and tell them, hey, you're a salesperson, you know, they're going to throw you down the staircase because you know, they're not that. And, you know, for whatever reason. And you go into a manufacturing line and say, hey, you're salespeople now. No, no, I'm not. So I think, you know, with regards to the CRM, um, it is moving at warp speed um, behind the curtains, and it is handling so many functions at an office that, quite frankly, is unrivaled previous to these systems existing. So you can't compare it to an, I mean, accounting system at the end of the day, it might do accounting easier for you, or, you know, the flow might be better, or the, you know, the, whatever it does might be better, but it's still, you know, accounts receivable, accounts payable, and, you know, everything in between. Whereas these tools are, CRM tools, are just a completely new breed. And they touch all of those systems. They touch the accounting system, you know. They they can touch your, you know, your your Microsoft Office with your intellectual property and and, and document management. They, they touch into your, you know, your HR systems like Workday or... A lot of them have their own modules. You know, look at my, Microsoft's tools. You know, you just you just start clipping all these things together, and you've got your own animal. So, so the the issue with with CRM um, is that it is new. It's evolving at a huge pace, and now we've got AI being clipped into it too, which is like I said before. It's changing. I mean, I don't even every morning, I think I pick up, you know, go through my, you know, Reddit blogs and I'm just like, whoa, where did that come from? You know? And uh, so it's, it's very hard for people to wrap their head around what can and can't be done, what should or shouldn't be done. 
and and also what has to be replaced or what isn't have to get replaced. So, yeah, people problems. If I if I was you know just off the top of my head, eighty percent of the problem. And it's not technical. It's not tech. I mean, it's not technical in the fact that there's plenty of developers and very smart people that can figure out the technical doodads and widgets. That's my technical terms there. No, I'm 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 a technical person myself. I purposely I don't go down that path. Um, the the problem is what the people themselves are willing to give up, adopt learn to make all these things work the way they're supposed to be or the way they're intended yeah i mean i i my mind goes to uh kind of the like a a, a simple analogy of that of like how your the brain moves what do they say like your your mouth can your, your brain moves how many times faster than your mouth can actually talk or yeah. like your hand can actually write you know what i mean it's it's kind of yeah. that system like you said we could build these things that just can outpace like things so fast but then coming down the ladder a couple of steps, getting people to to take these on and to do these things and understand the why behind them and how this is going to help and how it's going to make your life easier. That's the slower part, I think, that kind of comes along. Definitely. That's, a, that's interesting. Definitely. Um, and I and I, you know, I should have focused this more on my first book, but I am focusing on it more on my second and third ones coming up are are, you know the ROI factors of all these tools, meaning, yeah, there may be difficult people that you have to convince that are users, you know, for example, but guess what, uh, you know, us developers, us system designers are also equally um, at fault because a lot of times, um, I'm going to overgeneralize so no one don't, don't take this the wrong way, is that it's very cool to develop the most cool thing out there, the newest thing out there. Yeah. And if there's not a business reason that supports that, that is measurable, then your executives, board, whomever, regardless of how amazing it is, are going to be mad at you. And it and the system will fail that regard way too. Once again, not a technical reason. It's an adoption issue. It's it's an setting expectation issue. So, you know, everyone has to keep themselves in check. Yeah, no, that's really cool. I mean, I hope uh, hope you guys listening, you know, can kind of put this all together. That sounds like a very familiar thing we talk about on the show is don't build stuff if there's no business use case for it, right? So um, very cool. Thank you for adding that. that was but awesome. stuff is cool. Stuff is cool. Can't, stuff can't is cool. Stuff is cool. <laughs> stuff is really cool. I've um, built, I've built cool. a million raspberry pies and I don't know why. Because, <laughs> yeah, and it's fun to make stuff like that too. But okay, um, anyway, I think we're coming to uh, a close here. So, um, you've mentioned it a couple of times, um, but can you tell us a little bit about the, you know, the book and kind of where we can get that, get our hands on that? Sure. So it's available on Amazon. Um, I can send you a link too if if you want to post it with notes or anything. Yes, there. that will be. It's, it's, avail it's available on Amazon. If you just look in, uh, how not to f with a asterisk ck up a crm system you should find it um i have it's available on other outlets but i think amazon's probably the easiest and also amazon it's i think it's on the uh, kindle unlimited now too so if you have access to that stuff it's there um the book it's funny i when i first started writing it it was 
I started writing it out of frustration because I'm just like, I don't need one more book or one more website telling me the 10 best things I need to do. I want to find out all the landmines people have hit and on how not to hit them. And that's effectively the book I wrote. Um, I meant it to be about 150 pages. Uh, it turned it up being 520. Um, and I have no idea how that happened, but it just did. I just, I had a lot more to say than I thought I did. Um, and, and, you know, and I think for anybody, if, you know, I'm definitely free to answer just questions for free. I mean, just, you know, shoot me a question. Uh, you find me on LinkedIn or, or even through my book, uh, I have ways to contact me there as well. Awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Um, I like, uh, sounds like there might be a lot more landmines than you would think if it turned out to be that many pages, right? Cause it's, yeah, <laughs> I like, yeah. I like, I like that switch though. Cause like you said, I think there's a lot of um, you Google, excuse me, you Google any of this stuff. It's the top 10 things, the top 17 things, whatever. But I think that's a lot more useful is look out yeah. for these things instead of. And the way, I, the way I did it, I did it like little, almost like little vignettes. It's kind of like I do a scene setup, like here's the predicament. Here's what happened. Here's what went wrong. And, and oh, did I just freeze up on you? No, that no, so, good. So, you know, here's what went wrong. What lessons did we learn kind of thing? And I do that, I don't know how many times in the book. And then the other, the other pages surrounding those case studies are just about more facts and factoids uh, that, re that relate into those stories. Very cool. Very cool. Awesome. Well, that's what it is, guys. How not to, uh, what is it? How not to F up CRM systems, right? Yep. Got it. Awesome. Well, that, that was really cool. This was really interesting conversation, Michael. Thank you for coming on. Thank you. Um, not really a topic we've ever really dealt with on this show. So that's kind of an interesting little thing. There you go. So that's why I wanted to have you come on. So I really appreciate you. You're um, welcome. Thank you very all right, much. Guys. Yeah, absolutely. So you guys can check out all those links. We'll have all the, all the links we mentioned here in the show notes below. Um, so whether you're watching this on spot on Spotify, on YouTube, or listening to this, wherever you get your podcasts, um, check all that stuff out. And as always, again, another reminder, please like and rate and review the show. I really appreciate it. So that is it for this episode. Appreciate all of you joining and I will see you in the next one. Thank you.